Freedom Brief by Charles Strauss Narrated by Gideon Emery Laws are like sausages. It is better not to see them being made. Prince Otto von Bismarck Part 1 God Game Indigo 1. The Prodigal's Return It's twenty past ten at night, and I'm being escorted through the glass-fronted atrium of a certain office building in central London. I'm surrounded by a knot of soberly-dressed civil servants who are marching shoulder to shoulder in lockstep to keep me from being recognised, or maybe to prevent me making a run for it if I lose my nerve. We are waved past nodding receptionists and security guards who hold the turnstiles open for me as if I am expected, because I am indeed expected, unfortunately. This afternoon, my minders took me to a barber. They said I was overdue for a trim. Protests about my male pattern baldness fell on deaf but determined ears. I still think closing the shop, kicking everyone else out, and stationing guards inside the door was a bit excessive, though. Who ever heard of a top-secret haircut? I'm wearing my funeral suit and tie, and my shoes are dazzlingly polished. Just pretend you're acting a role, she said, straightening my collar. Concentrate and remember your talking points. I look twenty years older than I feel, and I feel ten years older than usual, mostly due to jet lag. They emailed me a set of notes just before I caught my flight home, and I did my best to memorize them on the plane from Kansai. But right now, I feel like it's seven in the morning, and I'm yawning because I'm waking up, not going to sleep. Minder number three, Boris, a tech-side middle management guy I used to do the odd job for, until today I hadn't seen him in years, hits the button for the sixth floor. The glass-walled lift slides silently up into the lofty heights of Broadcasting House, rising past open-plan offices full of serious-faced journalists and program managers peering into computer screens, as we pass a coat of arms saying, Nation shall speak peace unto nation, I go over point seventeen to twenty-two again, mumbling under my breath. Then I rub my sweaty palms on my woolen suit jacket. I have got the fear. Why the fuck couldn't they find somebody else to do this? I imagine Lockhart or the S.A. or some other drop-in authority figure explaining it to me calmly. You know why it's got to be you, Bob. It's because of the scaling laws. The threats the agency exists to deal with grow exponentially, doubling in scale on an eighteen-month cycle, like a nightmarish version of Moore's Law. But our cohort of qualified senior staff only grows linearly. The clusterfuck at the new annex a year ago killed a bunch of senior officers, and the disaster in Leeds has put so many others on paid leave pending hearings that everyone in the field is currently operating above their pay grade. We're all taking on tasks we're not trained for, often without backup or oversight. As for this job, we're a secret government agency. We don't even have a public relations department, which is why we're scrambling to improvise tonight. When the order came down from on high that someone was to come here and do this thing, it ended up on my desk, simply because I was senior enough and available. At least that's the official explanation. Part of me can't help thinking that a more rational explanation is that God, or management, hates me and wants me to suffer. 
My handler clears her throat just behind my left shoulder, and I jump. Try not to sweat so much, Bob. The makeup guy will want to redo everything. I hate it when Mary sneaks up on me like that. She makes me really uncomfortable. About ten percent of it is knowing that she's actually a vampire, and the rest of it is down to our uncomfortable personal history. The only consolation is knowing that having to work with me makes her even more uncomfortable, and only about ten percent of it is because I'm a necromancer. At least we're both trying to be professional about it, and we're mostly succeeding. She reaches out briskly and brushes lint from my lapel, and I try not to flinch again. When they went looking for someone to represent the agency in public and picked me, they weren't just scraping the bottom of the barrel. They were fracking for oil in the basement. My biggest qualification for this job is that I haven't stepped in any operational dog turds lately. I'm Mr. Cleveland.